welcome back to Literally Heinous. I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I'm comfortable introing the podcast. Like even saying hi makes me like physically recoil. So um, please just like bear with me until I like get a little more confident. Also, we have some new intro music, royalty free. I didn't know that the like metronome like tempo counter was like made it on to like the final cut of the podcast because once I like finish editing like I don't listen to my podcast like when it's out on Spotify and Apple like it is none of my business at that point like it's in God's hands like I don't want to know I just want to like give an update on like where things are right now and just give like a little more background into the podcast I truly and genuinely did not think so many people would listen. I knew that like my friends would and like my mom's friends would listen, but like I really didn't think that like people that I didn't like tell beforehand would. Um, And I almost like didn't go public with it. So I like came home from Tybee on September 7th and that was when like I knew that like I wanted to start a podcast. So I gave myself six weeks to record three episodes and like figure my shit out and figure out what I was doing and I would launch on my birthday. That was always the plan. Um, And this came together so quickly. Like I came home from Tybee. A week later, I got equipment because my boyfriend's brother had some equipment he wasn't using. Like he let me use it for free. And then I already had like three episodes planned out already. And then within one month after coming home from Tybee, I'd already recorded two episodes. And then when... My birthday started coming up. I got like super cold feet and I was like really anxious. And I just thought, I was like, what am I doing? This is so weird. Like there's such a stigma and like a meme around podcasters and how it's just like some like self-fulfilling like douchebaggery. And I was like, this is, this is so lame. Like I can't do this. Like this is too embarrassing. Um, And then my birthday rolled around and like I uploaded two episodes instead of three I'm actually like re-recording right now um, the first one that I did because I literally, the audio was so bad. It was borderline ASMR. I was editing it and I was like, I can't put this out. Like this is sensory overload. So that's why I'm re-recording it right now. Um, So when I saw my episodes up on Spotify, I was like so excited. And then originally I was like only going to like send it to my friends and family. And then I was on my computer and I was like looking at myself on Spotify and I was like this is so crazy and then Be Real went off and I was like fuck well I have to be real so I hard launched on Be Real and then my friends started posting on their stories and I was like okay I'm just gonna like go hard so I hard launched and I just like I really can't believe how many people listened like it's it was such a surprise to me like um people that I haven't even talked to in a long time were reaching out and that like truly means so much to me I hate I feel so like I don't know, like cheesy doing the whole like your support means the world to me. Like, thank you so much. Like I'm in shock, but actually I'm so surprised. Um, Okay, cool. So I'm going to be annoying and update you guys on a few more things before I get into the episode. So I want to talk about my birthday. My birthday was fucking amazing. I am a birthday person and I feel like for so long, it's like the cool thing to do to like like hate your birthday. Like I feel like everyone's like, oh, like I hate my birthday. Like don't tell anyone it's my birthday. And I truly cannot relate to that sentiment. 
I love my birthday. I always have loved my birthday. I love my friend's birthdays. I love my boyfriend's birthday. Like I just love an excuse to celebrate. I think it's so fun. And I am over doing the whole like too cool for your birthday thing. Like I will tell people like a week before I tell my coworkers like, yeah, my birthday's coming up. Like don't fucking forget. Um, and I am going to embrace that and I hope that other people can too. But I do recognize the sentiment of like your birthday rolls around and like people feeling sad, like grieving for lost time or like if you lost someone the year before and they're not there to celebrate, I can like see why birthdays are hard or even feeling like enough people like didn't reach out or someone special didn't remember it was your birthday. Um, or like if you were a kid and your parents didn't celebrate your birthday, like having that trauma as an adult, like I imagine that would be difficult. So I understand wherever you fall on the birthday spectrum, but if you need someone to celebrate your birthday, like I will absolutely celebrate your birthday with you. So just reach out if you want like a birthday post and I will absolutely make one for you. So I went out with my boyfriend, Jack, that night and I was just like buzzing. Like my adrenaline was so high because I'd launched my podcast. Like I felt like Kim Kardashian, like people were texting me and we were at this restaurant. It was like all dark and stuff. And I was like, I don't even want to be here. Like it was, I was like, I just have so much energy. And Jack was like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. Like I can't figure out my vibe. And he's like, well, what's your vibe? And I was like, I don't know. Like I want to stand. I want to talk to people. I want to like do something. And we ended up leaving dinner, like the place that we made reservations for. And we walked to like four other places downtown. And I was like Goldilocks and the three bears or whatever. And I was like, oh, this place is too dark. This place is too quiet. This place is too empty. And then we went to San Morello in Detroit downtown because I saw on Dumois that Justin Bieber ate there a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh my God, San Morello. So we went in and we sat at the bar and it's just a really nice bar. Like I love, okay, one thing I've been really into recently is like going to a restaurant, but just eating at the bar because it's, like just a different experience, like watching the bartenders. I love, 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 love to talk to strangers. Like I love talking to people. I love meeting people, love talking to bartenders. I love like a funny, like witty bartender. And like, if you get lucky and you become friends with them, they'll like slide you a drink. Um, I feel like that like always happens to me and Jack will always end up like getting an extra round on the bartender. Um, but it's just a really good bar. And we saw the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that was cool. And I became friends with like the couple next to us and they bought us another round of drinks and the food was so good at San Morello. Like there was so much to watch because the bartenders do all this like crazy, like garnishing of the drinks. And then they got us free champagne and um, free dessert. So that was really cool. And that was really exciting. And then we went home and watched Hamilton, just the first act. So that was obviously like perfect birthday. Basically, since launching my podcast, like I physically like I have a one track mind. I can pretty much only talk about it. It's the only thing I want to talk about. It's the only thing I can think about. I feel like Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, that scene where she's like 20 percent of the time, like I'm talking about Regina and the other 80 percent. I'm just wanting people to bring her up so I can talk about her. Like that is how I feel. And yes, I'm probably going to bring up Lindsay Lohan in every episode because I'm like obsessed with her. I always have been. Also, I'm still to this day in denial that her last name is pronounced Lowen. Like I, it's, it keeps me up at night. Like I've always said Lohan. I feel like most people say Lohan. And now that she's like making a comeback, which I have been praying for, for numerous years, 
I watched her in like a little Netflix promo and she said Lowen and I literally wanted to commit a crime. But actually then I went and like, I'm still in denial, like 15 years later, like I went and like looked her up like on YouTube and I found a video where she says Lohan. So like, which one is it lens? Um, also I just want to like put this out there. Like if I get famous, like please do me justice and correct people if they start pronouncing my last name wrong, like it's Maslia or Maslia. I don't care. Like Maslia, Maslia, not Maslia, not Maslia, not Melissa. Like, please, please, please don't let me become like a Chrissy Teigen where like they just like pronounce my last name wrong for the rest of my life. Like I will literally commit a felony if that starts happening to me. Okay. I'm going to start with the episode now, the deep dive on David Dobrik. Take two, you're welcome for not putting that absolute blasphemous recording in the ethers because you would have killed me. I almost murdered myself. Um, Okay, so if you are close with me or if you, I don't know, this, okay, how am I going to phrase this? So basically, David Dobrik holds a really special place in my heart because my best and pretty much only celebrity interaction was with him. And I don't like maybe some like celebrity purist or whatever, like don't want to call him a celebrity, but like, he's like, I would say like, he's, he's a celebrity. Like he was on Jimmy Fallon. He's friends with Kylie Jenner. Like that's like good enough for me. Um, so I'll give you like a little background before I tell you like what happened with him. So basically David Dobrik is a YouTuber. So he started on Vine, um, in like 2013, 2014 when Vine was really big that was kind of the original TikTok. So it came out when I was in high school and it was like six or seven second short form videos that would play in a loop. And it's something about like videos like playing in a loop or like short videos like looping that like makes it funnier, like watching the same thing over and over. Um, so he gets big on that when he was in high school. We're like around the same age. He's I think like a couple of years older than me. And then Vine shuts down in like 2016, I think. Um I don't really like know why something, I think it was like bought by Twitter, owned by Twitter or like something like went awry. So then he transferred to YouTube and he started making vlogs, which is a video blog. And at this point, like if you don't know what a vlog is, like don't even bother listening to this podcast because I'm not going to sit here and like explain every tiny little thing to you. Okay. So anyway, so he gets big on YouTube and YouTube culture, like vlog culture, I feel like people can kind of form these like really parasocial relationships with their vloggers. I definitely have that experience with podcasters. I'm really not like a huge YouTube person. Like I never really have been. Like I was never the kind of person to just like watch someone's vlogs or like makeup videos. Like I would use YouTube like on a need basis, like how to, I don't know, unclog your sink or whatever. Um, so he starts like getting bigger and bigger on YouTube and he has like his group of friends um, someone started calling them the vlog squad and it stuck, which is like a really stupid name. Um, so they just do like a bunch of antics. They live in LA and they like pull pranks on each other. And it's kind of like a, it seems like if you put the absolute most annoying class clown thirst monsters in a room together and gave them a vlog, uh, sorry, like a video camera in an LA mansion. And you told them like, go make some content. I, was never really into them because like I just don't really find like men like funny or entertaining most of the time and his laugh really annoyed me so like I just don't really care much about them it's just like a bunch of like 
like men that like got famous young so they just like act really young and really immature so like I never really found their content that funny um so he starts getting really big in like 2019 and he starts doing like content with celebrities where like he will I don't remember like the premise to these videos this sounds weird but he would get like random people off the street to like come in his car and like interview them like so what do you think about Justin Bieber's new song and they'd be like oh I think it sucks whatever and then Justin Bieber would come out of the back seat so he's starting to do collabs with like real celebrities like Justin Bieber Kylie Jenner doing videos with them he's on Jimmy Fallon like he's one of the top YouTubers like he's famous within like the YouTube segment but in terms of like real life celebrities he like wasn't really that famous so that's background on David Dobrik Um, so, okay. In 2019, so this was my senior year of college, like fall of my senior year, I was writing for the newspaper. I was an editor and we have this, oh my God. Okay. We had this organization at Ohio state called OUAB. I had so much beef with this freaking organization. I literally hated them. If you take all the most annoying, like class president vibes, like, um, you forgot to collect the homework people. And you told them you're in charge of putting on like multi-million dollar events. That's what OUAB is. Okay. Earlier I said 2019, I actually meant 2020, early 2020 pre-pandy. Okay. So in early 2020, like in January, OUAB announces that David Dobrik is going to come to Ohio state and OUAB, even though they're fucking annoying losers who wear their ugly ass polos, They would, like, have, like, really cool speakers come. Like, Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton came, like, one time. uh, There's, um, what's his name? Michael Che and um, Colin Jost came. Like, we would get, like, cool speakers to come, like, give a lecture. So they get David Dobrik to come. And I, like, I knew my roommates really liked them. Like, my I lived in a house with seven other girls for my junior and senior year of college. And, like, they loved David Dobrik. They would always, like talk about him. So like I knew who he was and I texted him. I was like, Oh my God, like David Dobrik is coming. And because I wrote for the newspaper, we could like get exclusive access to these events and like interview the talent, like flex, but I actually interviewed, um, Hassan Minaj, who's a really funny comedian. When he came to Ohio state, his hands were so soft. Like that's literally the only thing I remember, but like Hassan Minaj's hands velvet. He was so nice. Um, okay. So then I email OUAB and I'm like, hey, I'm with The Lantern, which is a newspaper. Like, can I interview David Dobrik? And those bitches are like, oh, well, like, I guess we'll give you exclusive access. But like, if you sneak any pictures, if you do anything crazy, like we will never work with The Lantern again. And I was like, okay, first of all, like, I'm a professional journalist. Like, I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. I was like, I'm professional. Like, they just like completely undermined me. Like, I would never compromise my journalistic integrity publicly. Um, So I get the interview and I like tell my roommates and I'm like, okay, we're like scheming up this whole plan. Like we're freaking out because like I'm going to meet David Dobrik. So our plan was that when I interviewed David Dobrik and I compromised the absolute shit out of my journalistic integrity, but whatever. So the plan was when I met David Dobrik, I would like do the interview. I asked him like three little questions. Uh, They were like kind of stupid, honestly, but... And then afterwards, I would hand him a little, like, sheet of paper that had, like, my name and phone number and our address on it. And, like, if I got, like, a moment alone with him, like, if no one was looking, I'd, like, hand him the piece of paper and be like, hey, like, you should, like, come to our house tonight. So I go to the event, and I'm, like, waiting outside for, like, some bitch-ass OUAB member to come get me. 
And eventually like they come and get me and they're like lecturing me, like, don't like do this, don't do that. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, these people are so fucking annoying. So then I meet David and Natalie, who is his best friend from high school slash assistant at the time. Now she's like his chief of staff, which is actually like really cool. So I meet David and Natalie and she was like a huge like part of the video. Like she was um, in all the like vlog videos and I like Dave and I would be like walk over to a corner and I'm like sweating. Like I'm like, my heart is pounding and like flex, but I've interviewed like numerous high profile people, mostly just like some loser politicians, but I was like geeking out. So I ask him my three questions and I have one snippet that I will play right now. A, a kid ten thousand dollars for tuition. Um, if you could nail a half court shot, and it took like what, like Natalie, what did it take like seventeen minutes? It took like sixty to eighty tries, and then one kid finally got it, and that was the best. It was really exciting. Everyone was super excited. So it was great. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? No. What should I add? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think that was great. Thanks I love so Ohio much. State. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Okay. So there you have it. The greatest interview of all time. Bob Woodward Hill. I'm an incredible journalist. Um, so literally my interview with him was one minute and 25 seconds because I was kind of scared of OUAB, not going to lie. Like I didn't want to take up too much time. I only asked him three, but once I did my last question, I turned off my audio recorder and I was like, I like got in really close and I was like, wait, David, like, can I tell you something? And he like back, he like puts his hands up and like backs away. (laughs) He probably like thought I had a gun or something. Um, and I was like, hey, like, it's my roommate's birthday tonight. Like, she's a huge fan. Like, this is my information. Like, please come by. Like, we are having a big party. And he, like, takes a piece of paper and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I'll give this to Natalie and, like, hands it to Natalie. And and then, like, the interview was over. But I do just want to say, like, David was so, so, so nice. Like, he was, like, just, like, looked me in the eyes, like, waited for me to, like, finish all my questions. Like, he was really goofy. Like, he was nervous. Like, I was nervous. But, like... I really, really enjoyed talking to him. Like, he was so nice. I was, like, honestly kind of losing my mind a little bit. I don't know how, like, I'll ever interact with a celebrity if, like, that's how I am around, like, a YouTuber. Like, if I meet, like, Kim Kardashian, I will not live to tell the tale. So I listened to his talk. Um, His speech was really, really good. It was, um, was, like, an hour and a half. He mostly just, like, talks about, like, how he became famous and, like, YouTubing and, like, takes some, like, audience questions. People go feral for David Dobrik. The people that know him, like, because he's a vlogger and, like, his videos are just very stunt-oriented and very, like, bit-oriented, people literally become feral raccoons because they want to, like, be funny and, like, get on his vlogs. And that is, like, so, I don't know, every, like, celebrity has, like, different fan bases that, like, act differently. And, like, his fans are just, like, really weird. No offense. Um, But, like, his crazy fans, like... Something about, like, internet celebrities and, like, podcasters, YouTubers, TikTokers, people that are, like, really, really personal online, I feel like they have some of the craziest fans, like, because they get so personal and because they're so raw that, like, people just feel, like, extra connected to them. Like, with traditional celebrities, like, if you're the biggest, like, I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence fan in the world, like, we only know, like, so much about her and, like other big, like Tom Hanks, whatever. Like you can like love these people, but like, we really only know like so much about them, like the movies that they do and maybe like, you know, like an in-depth, like Rolling Stone or variety article, like every few years. But with like 
digital internet celebrities, like, because they're so personal online and because, like, the way to maintain fame as, like, a digital celebrity is to, like, talk about your life, I feel like it can just really attract, like, these fans that feel like they know you and they feel, like, really entitled to you. Um, So that's my PR angle of the day. (laughs) So I go back to my house, to my roommate's. Um, and I can't remember if I said this earlier, but we lived in like this huge house in Columbus, um, Columbus. It was kind of the thing to like live in houses off campus. So we lived in this really big, like four story older Victorian home. There's eight of us in the house. Like I go back and they're all like, how was it? How was it? And I'm like, it was amazing. Like I played them my interview clip. We're all geeking out. And they, and I was like, I think like they're going to come tonight. And my roommates were like, no, like, I don't, I don't think so. They're not going to come. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just really had this feeling that like he was going to come to our house and like um, him and Natalie. And then the other member from their vlog squad, Todd, Todd and Natalie are actually dating in real life. I don't, I think they were like secretly dating at the time. And I just like, I was like, I don't know. I feel like they're going to come. Like, let's just get ready to go out. Like just in case my roommates, it was a Thursday in January. My roommates were like staying in vibes. They were like, not going to go out. No, they're not going to come. So I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. Go up to my room. I write the article like really fast. I go back downstairs. I'm making Annie's mac and cheese. It was like horrible. Honestly, I don't know. I got like a different flavor than normal, but I do remember it being like particularly bad. So I'm eating the mac and cheese, and then all of a sudden, I get a text from an unknown number that said, hey, Lily, it's Natalie, David's assistant. Are you guys still having a party tonight? My heart, like, sunk. Like, it fell out of my butt. Like, I, like, just immediately, like, became, like, cold and, like, started sweating, and I, like, I'm, like, stuttering, and I, like, throw my phone to my roommates, and, like, they, like, look at my phone, and we all just start screaming. Like, I've never had such an, like inhumane reaction before like we're jumping up and down like screaming our lungs out like my throat was like scratched up from screaming so much like it was chaos in our house like absolute chaos like we we can't even like function we can't bring make out words like we don't know what to say we're like wrapping our heads around the situation like the first thing that we do is start cleaning (laughs) because our house was like always messy like there were pillows everywhere and like backpacks and notebooks and laptops and chargers like always like literally around the house like we take everything in the living room and throw it down the stairs it's like that scene in friends where like ross hands chandler the lamp i don't know what the context is i just love that gift um But we were just like, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. So we're like taking everything, throwing it downstairs. We're like screaming. And eventually we calm down a little bit and we're like, holy fucking shit. We need to get every single person at Ohio State into our house. We have to throw an absolute rager, Project X. My my hands are shaking. I am like blocking everyone from the newspaper on my Snapchat story because I didn't want them to see like David Dobrik was at my house and think that I compromised my journalistic integrity because that was really important to me at the time. Um, so I'm blocking everyone from the lantern and then we're texting like all of our friends, like everyone we know, like every group chat we're in, like orientation groups, like freshman year dorms, like anyone we can reach, like we're texting people like David Dobrik coming to our house. So I'm like, I go upstairs, like I don't even like put on makeup because I was like, oh, what if he like comes right now, (laughs) which is like really dumb looking back. And we start like drinking and like people kind of start like rolling in. And people are like coming up to me like, oh, like, did you like meet him? And I was like, yeah, 
Um, and it was cool because like the, we sent everyone like the screenshot of Natalie texting me and like, she says my name, like, Hey Lily. So I was like kind of a celebrity that night because I'd introduce myself to people and they'd be like, Oh, are you like the Lily? And I was like, yeah, that's me. Um, so like an hour goes by our house. It's like, gets packed. Like we have like so many people coming from like all of our different friend groups coming in and we like it was so crazy in the house and like, it starts like really, really filling up. So I'm like standing on like our kind of front lawn, like by the steps. Cause like if they're, if David like rolls up, like I want to be the first one to see them and people are filling our house. So like we live in like a really old house. Like people are packed like sardines on the front lawn, packed like sardines in the porch. You go inside and it is absolutely shoulder to shoulder. It looks like a frat house. Like it was nuts how many people were there. Probably like 250. Like there's people sitting on our railings, people like lined up on the stairs. Um, so at this point, like two hours go by and like no text. And I'm obviously not going to like text Natalie. Like what time do you think you'll be here? Cause that's like lame. Um, and people start coming up to me and they're like, Oh, like, did you see that David Dobrik is at the Pike house? Oh, like, did you see David Dobrik is at this bar? And I am like internally screaming and I'm like, Oh my God, like I invited all these people. I texted all these people and like, they're not going to come. And people were like being kind of mean to me. And they were like, well, like he's not coming. Like my friend just saw him at X place. Like that screenshot was fake. And bringing up Lindsay Lohan again, but that scene in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen when Megan Fox is all like, you're a liar about Sid Arthur going to Lindsay Lohan's house. That was like how I felt. I was like, guys, like I promise, like he's coming, he's coming. I felt delusional. So I'm freaking out. I go inside to get another White Claw, swim over people. Like there are people, I, at this point, I don't even recognize who's at my house anymore. And I see some like random ass people from like my like freshman year, like I, I don't even know, like seminars, whatever. And I'm like talking to them and I'm like, Oh, Hey, like, I haven't seen you in like four years. Like, what are you doing here? They're like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm a huge David Dobrik fan. Like someone sent this text in a group chat and like sent the address. Like, I don't even know who lives here. And I'm like, I do bitch. Like I live here. It was just like a really weird situation. Like my name was being floated around. Like my address was like in so many group chats and people started leaving. And I was like, fuck. So I get a, uh, I get a white claw. And I like have this feeling. I'm like, wait, something is happening. I like swim back over to the front lawn and David, Natalie and Todd showed up and they're, they're standing on our porch and people are crowding them like crazy, like phones out. It was honestly incredibly stressful, like really chaotic. And I'm like, Natalie, Natalie, like, Hey, like it's Lily. Um, she's like, Oh yeah. Hi. And I'm like, Hey, like David, like I interviewed you earlier. And he's like, Oh, like there's way too many people here. Like, I don't know if I feel safe. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, isn't this what you want? Like, aren't you like the crazy, like bit guy? And I was like, it's Maria's birthday. Like, could you just stay for like a little bit? And he's like, no, like this is too much. Like we have to go. So then they leave. And that was incredibly sad. Um, I was like a little bit sad watching them go, but it was like a really chaotic situation. Like my head was spinning. Like I didn't know what to do. I was like, I couldn't kick everyone out. Um, I wanted them to like invite all of us to go with them, but they didn't. So David, Natalie and Todd leave. Um, and then within like two minutes, every single person that was at my house left, like literally all of them were gone. Um, and then my roommates and I like reconvened and we just like talked about what happened. And it was so cool because we each had like little individual experiences. Like one of them greeted them on the steps. One of them like greeted them like somewhere else. Like everybody got, like all of my roommates, we each got 
one like singular moment with like Natalie, David or Todd, which was really all we could ask for. And there was a lot of like, we should have done this. We should have done that. Like in hindsight, we shouldn't have invited like everyone's like, you know, group me's over. And it probably would have been better if it were like a little more of an intimate setting. We didn't invite anyone over. Um, so there was like a little bit of regret, but honestly, like not at all, because we got like our number one favorite celebrity, their number one favorite celebrity at our house. And it was, it was like truly like such a great experience. Like I, it's one of my favorite stories that I can tell. Like I, it was the best night of my life. Like the whole next day I was couch ridden, like coming down from that level of like adrenaline was so hard for me. Like I was on the couch all day, but it was seriously like no regrets. It was like the best day ever. In preparing for this episode, I went back through the notes that I took when I was at his talk, um, like when I interviewed him and I wrote down like verbatim what he said. And at one point he says, no matter what job you have, there's a chance that it can be ripped out from under you immediately, especially with what I do. So he's obviously talking about like cancel culture and like doxing people and how like when you're famous, you can really like get it all taken away from you just by like doing one thing. I think that's especially true with digital creators and internet celebrities. I think that like more traditional celebrities just have like a little bit more padding and a little bit larger of like a margin of error versus like digital celebrities because your fans are like the kinds of people that do really perpetrate like cancel culture. Um, So David shouldn't have said that because he kind of manifested that. He got canceled in the spring of 2021, which sucked for a lot of reasons. But one reason was because like, this is my, not to make everything about me, but I was so annoyed when he got canceled because I was like, God damn it. Like this is like my coolest like celebrity story. And now he's like a loser. So the like cancellation ball started rolling in like summer 2020 when one of his old collaborators made a YouTube video about like how hard it was being the only black member of the vlog squad and just kind of being like, literally they referred to him as like the token black friend and they would do things that were like ironically racist, which is just like not possible. You can't be ironically racist. Like it just doesn't work. Um, and I think it, like from his perspective, it's like you want to be in the videos because, you know, like he's working on his own like creator career and like these are the people to be with. So like you kind of have to take it. Um, so David does like a half-assed apology. People are really mad about that in summer 2020. Um, and then in the following spring in 2021, there's a Business Insider article from um, a woman like speaking out about how she was coerced into some sexual situations by one of David vlogs, David's vlog squad members, Dom. So this was a video from like 2018. The title of the video is she should not have played with fire, which is so stupid. So like she comes out about how like she and her friends were underage, under 21 at the time. And they were like buying them alcohol. And just like one of David's vlog squad members was just like a creep. And David hadn't been friends with him for a long time. But the article really just like opened up like a huge conversation and a huge look into David Dobrik. This was like, this was still like peak COVID. So I think people just like had a lot of time on their hands. And I feel like COVID kind of made everyone question everything. Um, And there like is so much content like coming out from here and like just content like coming out from left and right. So it is like a lot. And I 
it'd just be like so much of a deep dive. Like if I were to detail all of that, people start like bringing up his old vines, um, making really inappropriate racist and homophobic jokes from like 2011, 12, 13. I will say like the jokes are like horrible and like not funny at all. And they are racist and they are homophobic. But as someone who was also in high school at the same time as him, I remember when those jokes were like normal to do, like it wasn't okay. And like, it never will be okay. It never was okay. But it was just something that society just kind of like let happen. Like he was posting those racist and homophobic vines, like, and like it it took so long for them to even like resurface. Um, So David like fully shuts down. He goes dark um, in 2020, 2021. And since then he's posted like five or six videos since getting canceled in 2021. Um, And he like, He's like back, I would say, but in like a little bit of a quieter way. So he had like a Discovery Plus channel, a Discovery Plus travel show, which I think there was only like two episodes that came out. Um, And he just like lost sponsorships like crazy. So he used to like, so when he was getting really big, like before 2020, he like had so many collaborations. He was always working with like SeatGeek and like other companies that would like sponsor his videos because one of his big things was like giveaways. He's very like philanthropic almost like, like a lot of his gimmicks and his videos were like giving away a Tesla to my friend or like handing out 150, no, not a hundred, but like handing out like $500 in cash to strangers, like all these kind of like feel good type, like paying off college debt. Like when he came to Ohio state, he gave a student $10,000 for making a half court shot. Like he would do this like big giveaways and a lot of companies would sponsor him. And he lost like all of his sponsors overnight, lost like a hundred thousand subscribers. Like internet cancellations are no joke. <laughs> like the people will go to like the ends of the earth. And it's just like a little bit performative too. When these like massive corporations are like pulling their sponsorship, it's because it's like he has a disease and like, you can't touch him. And I don't know, like it's weird. Um, when like that happens. So like he goes completely dark and then now he's like back a little bit. So he just opened like a pizza restaurant called dough bricks, like D O U G H in LA. He has, he's like big on Snapchat. I feel like Snapchat is like a good place for like a creator to hide. Cause it's not permanent. Like YouTube, it feels very like permanent to me. Um, Snapchat, I feel like you can be a little more like I don't know, under the radar. He's still around in LA. Like he's still hosting parties. He's still hanging out with like Kylie's friends. Like he's not dead. Um, but I think that like his, he said like his dream was to be like the next Jimmy Fallon. I think that's probably never going to happen because like he like, and while he himself, you know, as far as I know, like didn't like sexually assault anyone or like didn't do anything like that's like illegal, he still is known for the guy that like fosters that environment. And I think that's where like a lot of people's um, animosity towards him comes from is that like he is just so like committed to like being funny and crazy and goofy and their whole vlog squad just like perpetuates this like we have to out funny each other. We have to out bit each other. We have to like be so funny and like prank each other. And it's just kind of like a sharky kind of vibe. I would absolutely not want to hang out with them. I don't like mean jokes. Like I wouldn't want to be friends with them. And I think people are just kind of over it. Like I think he was funny for like 
a little bit. And I think like COVID just made people be like, is this guy even funny? Like, is he even worth entertaining? It'll be interesting seeing what comes of him, like a really big creator that was canceled. Um, So yeah, there we have it. That is the episode on David Dobrik. As always, please give feedback or any episode ideas. Today was really fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. (laughs) 